Welcome to episode number 34 of Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, brought to you by Numbers Don't Lie Productions. This interview was with Nicole Barron, a sports blogger with a special perspective on football and the college recruitment process for young athletes and their families. This episode is packed full of great insights and a look into how the recruiting process worked for one of the top collegiate wide receivers in the nation, University of Maryland's Jayshon Jones. Just a few quick things before we get into this episode. Thank you so much to everyone that has subscribed, left a review, and shared the show. We recently passed 2,000 downloads and couldn't have done it without you. Keep sharing and giving us feedback. We love what we're hearing. If you'd like to learn more about the services offered by Numbers Don't Lie and how to highlight your athlete's special skills, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Highlighting the best of youth sports is proudly presented by our national partner, ID Life. ID Life is a health and wellness company that is changing the game with its customized nutrition. Everyone has unique nutritional needs and ID Life's mission is to offer the highest quality products and programs to help you lead a healthier life. What separates ID Life from other nutritional brands is its 100% free ID assessment that is tailored to your unique health needs. The answers you provide generate a confidential report with scientifically backed supplement recommendations, creating your own customized vitamin program. Just visit the website at numbersdontlie.idlife.com. Take the free assessment today. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, where we bring you insights from top athletes, their sports journey, and those positively impacting the youth sports community. If you're ready like we are, let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Nicole Barron, a sports blogger with a special perspective on football and the recruitment process for young athletes and families. Nicole runs the online blog, Single Mom's Guide to D1 Football Recruiting, and we're excited to have her. Nicole, welcome to highlighting the best of you sports. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you taking a few moments to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your sports background, um, if any, personally, and then obviously as a mom and how uh, the Single Mom's Guide to D1 Football Recruiting came to be. Well, I was a three-sport athlete in high school as well, and then I coached um, in my adult years. I've coached volleyball, basketball, or yeah, volleyball, basketball, track. Uh, I've coached a lot of sports, so that's my background um, as far as sports goes. I mean, I wasn't a great, I wasn't that great of a volleyball player, that great of a basketball player. I'm only five-five, so I didn't go any further than college. Um, but uh, but I've, I've played a lot of sports. I've coached a lot of sports, so that's my background. Okay, very good. And and tell us how the blog came to be. So the blog kind of came to be um, because as we were going through the recruiting process and I was talking to my friends and coworkers about it, everybody kept saying, you really should write a book about this because of the amount of information that I just had for free to give away, you know, and and everybody said, you should really write this down. And so once um, my son left for college, it was sort of cathartic for me to get it all out and um, use it to help people. And how's the blog doing now? Are you still keeping up with it? Has it uh, turned into anything else at this point? 
Well, um, I've, I had some interest in some speaking engagements. Um, I've had interest in, in publishing for the book. I just don't know if I have enough content yet. So I'm still working with that, Hope, hoping to transition into maybe single mom's guide to the NFL draft, hope, hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that'd be a nice conclusion to that, to that book. <laughs> That's what we uh, hope for. So uh, tell, tell us about your son, Jay Sean, and uh, his sports background, a uh, little bit about, you know, him, youth and high school sports, and then where he's at now uh, in college with his career. So Jay Sean's played sports since he was four or five years old. He started with flag football and um, played basketball and baseball his whole life, a little soccer when he was in middle school. He's just been a really athletic kid from, from day one, and everybody knew it. So it was on me to just keep him busy and keep him involved. Um, and so he's played sports all the way through, all the way up through high school. Uh, in high school, he was a, a four-year varsity letterman on, on the football team and went through four head coaches in four years. So he had a very interesting high school career and a start at it, so, which helped transition into college with, uh, you know, the coaching changes and whatnot, but also played basketball and baseball and um, just a, a real well, well-rounded athlete and kind of had his pick of, you know, which sport he wanted to play at the next level. And so which school did he choose eventually and where, where's he at now? Uh, what year in college is he at? So he had 38 D1 offers coming out of high school. And we narrowed that down to 11 and then narrowed that down to four, which the top four were Pittsburgh, Maryland, Iowa State, and I'm not going to be able to remember the fourth one. <laughs> he ended up at Maryland um, uh, and started as a true freshman um, at, at Maryland. He early enrolled, which was a huge factor in him being able to play as a true freshman, which means they enroll in January. Um, so he was a semester ahead of everyone, uh, got to go to spring ball and was able to play as a true freshman. Okay. And what year is he at now? Is he, is he a sophomore? He is a sophomore athletically and he graduates in December academically. Oh, wow. So- yeah, he still has three years of eligibility. And that's the beauty of the early enrollment. See, because when you, you get a semester jump on everyone and uh, football players go year round. So you're ahead of the game. So for those that may not know, as he heads in, you know, he, let's say he graduates at the end of his sophomore year. Uh, mm-hmm. What type of classes and how many are they mandated to take that those next three years of eligibility that he would have? So he, um, he has to be full-time, but he will be in grad school at that point. So okay. full-time at the grad school level is not as many classes as undergrad. So I think he only has to take two to stay full-time. And then he'll, so hopefully he'll end up getting a master's paid for as well. Excellent. Nicole, as a mom, uh, what is the best memory you have of your son playing on the football field? Oh, there's so many. I could go on and on. Probably the, I mean, the, there's the top one would obviously be uh, his freshman debut against Texas um, in, uh, at the Washington Redskins field. Um, he scored three touchdowns his first game as a true freshman on his first three touches, never been done before. The only time it happened was uh, Marcus Mariota did it, um, but not as a true freshman and not on his first three tr- touches. So that was huge. And after he scored his first touchdown of his first ever college game, he looked to me in the stands to point and I mean my heart could have exploded right then. That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I can imagine what a moment now. Yeah. What, what position does he play? He's a receiver. He's a receiver. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the impact that you think uh, youth sports particip- uh, participation had on Jay Sean? Well, I think um, with all kids, when they play sports at a young level, it, it teaches them adversity. It teaches them competition. It teaches them teamwork. And also, um, 
the diversity element that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration. I mean, there's a lot of kids that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be friends or even talk to each other if they weren't on the same team together. So it forces you to interact and team build with people that you wouldn't normally that probably don't communicate like you do. And I think it's, it's a huge skill that you use throughout your whole life. Yeah. And, and we, we've talked to a lot of people and especially now in today's society, the divisiveness that's going on and sports for me has always been able to transcend and kind of mirror what's happening in life. And, and that, that's definitely a huge thing that you see, you, you, you mentioned is the diversity and you get mm-hmm. to come together with people of all kinds of backgrounds and you guys are all working towards a common goal. You have to trust mm-hmm. each other. Um, and you, you learn to grow, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, like a family. And, uh, that's right. really important. And, and thank you for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of adversity, um, I, I want to touch on a couple things because I know in Jay Sean's, uh, it, it may have been his freshman year, but he went through a major injury as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. It was the uh, first day of fall camp of what have been, would have been his sophomore year. Okay. Um, he tore his ACL first day in pads at, um, at practice and was out for the entire year. So he just came back 100%. This month is, he's is been one year. So he's back 100% medically. Um, now it's more of a mental thing, learning to trust that knee again. So that's what we're working on now, which is really hard to with the stop and go of the college um, season right now. And every time someone tests positive, they have to stop everything. So it's real hard to get in a rhythm. It's real hard to build on anything because, you know, they have to shut down for a week, sometimes two weeks. So that really takes you out of your rhythm. Yeah. And I was reading your blog and uh, you touched on something very important uh, with that, with an injury of that type, there are so many emotions that are going through, not only you as a mom, but I know you had to stay strong for him, mm-hmm. but as yeah. an athlete and being a, a high performing athlete, he went through so many different um, emotions and downs and, you know, what's the future going to be like now. And one thing that really stood out to me in what you wrote was, for both you and for him to reach out and seek the sports psychologist in the mm-hmm. program and really talk mm-hmm. to them. And, and that, that was uh, very insightful. Can you speak to that a little bit? I think that's, it's huge. And that was one of the questions that we, I asked during recruiting was I wanted to meet the sports psychologist on staff because these things happen. And, you know, as much as you don't want to think about it, they do. And had it not been a horrible injury, there's a lot of um, emotional and mental things that these guys go through. And, you know, the masculine, stigma, you know, they don't necessarily want to reach out for help. And we need to normalize, you know, seeking mental health help or just, you know, you know, sounding board, someone to talk to. A lot of these kids are really far away from home, you know, dealing with a lot of things, you know, some have never had, you know, this type of head coach. And so that's a whole new thing to deal with. They're far from their families when they've had family support. So I think the sports psychologist is a huge element of the coaching staff. And I think it kind of gets overlooked or kind of pushed to the wayside because people think, oh, we won't need that. I'm just going to be a superstar and I'm going to, you know, graduate college and have no issues. But I think it's a, a huge asset on, on your coaching staff. So I, I want to kind of stay with the adversity theme and, and talk a little bit about COVID-19 and you, you touched on it a little bit. Um, so where is Jay Sean's program right now? Uh, are they playing or is their league postponed and how is his program handling it and how is Jay Sean uh, handling it? They're postponed right now with the intention to start in spring and that was what they had talked about but um, there's supposed to be a vote actually today shooting for an October mid-October start date so that kind of compacts everything all of a sudden you know you go full go 
after stop and go, stop and go. So right now they just started back practice on, I want to say Friday because they were in a lockdown for uh, COVID issues as well. They had, they, t- they tested all the athletes, not just football players, all the athletes, and they had a certain amount of cases. So they had to shut everything down because some of the facility equipment is shared with other sports. So it's been super frustrating, very frustrating. And the fear of the unknown, you don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know, like, you know, they got to call the day, like that morning, Hey, we got practice today. And that's really what it's been. It's been, you can't, you can't plan anything. You can't get comfortable because you never know what's going to happen. Or you get a call that morning that says, Hey, everything's shut down. Don't come to the facility. So it's been crazy. It's been very much an adjustment period, especially coming off a year off with that uh, rehabbing the injury. So you come off of that and you're really pumped and ready to get back. And then this happens, which, you know, puts you in slow motion. So it brings up a lot of interesting points. Like, you know, you got this really makes you decide, is this something that I really want to do? What happens if football all goes away? Cause you know, the world's pretty much changed as we know it, things are going to be different. And so this just really makes you start to think about a lot of things. And we, him and I've had a lot of talks of him just kind of getting it all out. What's in his head. He's frustrated. He's confused. He's scared. He's worried all these things. And I'm kind of the sounding board to make sure that he doesn't make any emotional decisions and just kind of hear him out and kind of focus things for him and put in a perspective for him. But it's been, it's been tough for everyone. My son, I mean, everyone's going through it, not only in sports, in their lives, but, uh, you know, staying on sports. My son, he's starting his freshman year of uh, sports and football and baseball. And now those two seasons are pretty much meshed together. So he's mm-hmm. uh, playing football. It's been shut down. Um, one thing that not a lot of people think about, I, I'm certain they're thinking about it at Jay Sean's level, um, is game speed is completely different than practice speed. And especially someone with an injury like Jay Sean's, they need to make sure that they're easing their way back into that gameplay because um, major injuries can occur whether or not they've had them in the past. And and that's something I think we're going to see in in sports all around, especially at younger and amateur ages Mm -hmm. when they don't have the professional uh, coaching staffs or strength and training staffs. Once they go and, and they're going full speed out there on the, on the field, they need to be, make sure their body's conditioned for that. And that was a huge thing when he, when things got shut down initially, he came home for a while he was here for probably a solid month or so um, in Florida. We live in Florida. Um, so he was home in Florida for, for probably a solid month and he was working out with um, Anthony Timberello here who runs a local gym and getting rehab from physio, right? Just trying to stay, to stay in shape because we never knew what was going to happen. So he's just trying to stay in shape and trying to stay ready. And it's just been a process. <laughs> yeah. N- Nicole, from your experience, what are the three biggest things parents must understand as they're entertaining or entering the college sports recruitment process? <sighs> There's a lot, but um, if I could say top three, the hugest thing you need to know is, And people say this, but I don't think you understand it until it's your kid. College football 100% is a business. It's a business. Your child is a product. And if, and if you haven't seen that yet with the fact that they're letting these kids go back and play with all this sickness going on, you you know, I mean, that further tells you that this is a business. This is a money-making organization. Your child's job is to produce and make them money. And in some cases, I mean, even with the recruiting aspect, and if I I don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but if they get to, even in the recruiting uh, aspect, your child is a product in the sense that these coaches get kickbacks depending on how big of a recruit he is, you know, and their job security is depending on how big of a recruit he is. And if he produces once he gets there and you got to understand they're projecting this probably a year or two out because he's probably not going to play as a true freshman. 
far as football is concerned, it's very rare for, for kids to come in and play as a true freshman. And that's the importance of enrolling early. But if they, but I mean, they're looking for probably two years out, is this kid going to produce so that I can keep my job? You understand? So, and, and to understand that your child is a product and this is a business and you take all the emotion out of it, you're better off because then you can really look at it from outside of the box, you know, instead of being too close to it. So that's number one. Number two, the coaching staff may not be the coaching staff. So that's the thing. Don't fall in love with the coaches. They're probably not going to be there. And if they are, they're not going to be there long. So you better go someplace where you like the area. They have a program that you can study and that you're going to fit into their, uh, their scheme, whether it's offensive or defensive, you see where you fit into that scheme. That's really important. And thirdly, what was the third one? There was a business. There was the coaching staff. There was recruiting. Once recruiting is over, they don't care about you. And I think that's the biggest shock for people. A lot of kids um, fall in love with recruiting not so much that they don't realize that recruiting is not real life. So they're courting you. They're praising you. All the, they're contacting you constantly. They're contacting your parents. They're coming for visits, all these great things. You're going there for visits. You're being wined and dined. And the minute you commit, it's over with. You are on, you, now they have you. They don't have to treat you nicely. They don't have to call your mom. They don't have to praise you. You are there to do a job. And if you don't produce, there's 10 behind you that, that would love your spot. Now, th- that can be a very sobering um, reality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you're a product and that the recruitment, the, the love for you is, is over. Is mm-hmm. there a way that um, you can get past that and grow and build the relationship with the coach af- after you're in the program? And, and what, mm-hmm. what has Jay Sean done with that? You have to, you have to change your, you have to shift your way of thinking. Okay. So once you, you know, cause obviously these guys that are playing at the college, college level, their goal is to play in the NFL. So now you have clocked in, you are in business mode. This is a job and I'm going to use this school as much as I can, because they are going to use your kid up every ounce of them. I mean, torn ACLs and all, they are going to use him up. So you need to use that school I mean, as much as you can, whether education wise, networking wise, you're making relationships with coaches, you're making relationships with every person you can, because you're building your resume. God forbid football goes out the window, you are building your resume as a person so that you can hit these people up, especially during and and that goes for those coaches you met during recruiting as well. You never want to burn a bridge. Because you may need to reach out, you may need a job, you may need a reference, you may need a place to go, you know, when the coaching staff changes, because that's another thing. If that coaching staff didn't recruit you, and the coaching staff changes, they don't really care if you stay or not. They actually would rather you left because they want to bring in their own guys. So you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with all the coaches that you met along the way, because you may need a place to go. And there's one thing I'm sure our our audience is going to notice here is, you know, I I mentioned that's a very sobering fact. It's (laughs) to the point, it's a business, it's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from Mama Bear. This is yeah, coming exactly. from Mom and, and her her son um, being part of the process, and and you wanting what's best for your son, um, not tomorrow, but in the years to come. And, and yeah. we can appreciate that so much. And I think our audience can see that and can sense that um, mm-hmm. in your tone and, and and your passion about it. That's that's how I led. That's what led to the blog, actually. Yep share that information with as many moms as possible, because I feel like we get taken advantage of, you know, especially in it. It's like our greatest, you know, our greatest gift, our sons. I'm here to, to, to be the voice of reason. Yep. And ev- everyone needs that, that advocate. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really touch on this, uh, earlier, but I, I was raised by a single grandmother. And, um, I, one thing that really, 
made us want to reach out to you. I, I think it was last year with the blog mm-hmm. is just uh, the passion you have and how hard it is and tough it is. It is for a, for a mother, but um, uh, let alone a, a single mother. I see what my wife goes through. I mean, we have a, a you know, a, a nuclear family here and it's being raised by a single grandmother. I know what you go through and the sacrifices that you, you make. And I can appreciate that. And, and you're doing so much good by spreading this information because it helps not only just single parents, but parents in general. And, you know, me as a father and, and it, it helps me. But uh, I appreciate that. And I wanted to make sure I didn't let this episode go without uh, mentioning that and, and how well, much we, we admire you. Thanks. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but can you, um, for our audience, uh, break down and help us understand a little bit more about what mid-year enrollment is and what players and families need to know about that? Yeah, mid-year enrollment is the single most important factor that will decide if you play as a true freshman. And every kid in high school thinks they're going to play right away and, you know, they're going to go out there and be the superstar, which is, here's the thing about that. Great, be motivated, be confident. But you have to understand, you're going from 18-year-old kid where you were the best person on your team, probably had a mediocre weight program, probably had a mediocre, you know, learning schemes and whatnot. And you're about to walk into a program where there's grown men I mean, up to age 25, I mean, when Jishan got to Maryland, he, there was a 30-year-old kicker on his team. Like, you're walking into a team with grown men who are, who are fighting to get into the NFL. And you have to understand that when you come on that team, if you're not helping them get there, you know, you're not going to play. And that's the thing. And, and there's guys that, that are hungry that need uh, film for the draft, that need film for all kinds of things. And you think you're going to walk in at 18 years old and beat that guy out? He's probably got a couple kids at home. Like you have to be logical about this. So enrolling early sets you a semester ahead of everyone academically, which is great because you're not there when all the true freshmen show up in the summer when it's crazy and everybody's lost. Like you have a chance to get things figured out, learn campus early, get your cat classes set, get into spring practice. So now you've learned the offense or defense, whichever you play, you've learned schemes, you understand, you've learned, you've met all the coaching staff, you're already that far ahead of everyone else. So that's the first thing. To set yourself uh, in a position to enroll early, you need to start thinking about this junior, senior year of high school because there's some classes that you're going to have to double up so that you're ready to leave in December. Now, bearing that, bear in mind that you, you didn't fail anything. You have to have not failed anything. If you did, you need to be junior, senior. You're making those up quickly in the summer, however you got to do it online. But what happens is your senior year, you'll have to take um, English 3 and English 4 probably at the same time, and you'll have to take your economics class online. And that's how, that's the way to get it done. Because if you've passed everything, you should only have those two classes left your senior year. And, you know, one of the coaches we met during recruiting, Kevin Beard, who is at Toledo now, he was the best advice he ever, get, he ever gave. Second half of your senior year is the biggest waste of your time. Because you're the best person on your team. There's nobody pushing you. You, you probably only have two classes. So you're not even on campus that often. You've got plenty of time to hang out and get in trouble. Why wouldn't you want to go get on campus and, and start getting better? You know what I mean? It just makes sense. And you're getting that many classes for free because now, you know, you're on scholarship a semester earlier. So more classes for free. I mean, can't beat it. Right. And that, that's great advice, great information that not a, not a lot of people think about. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it, it's something that's important, especially if it's focusing on football because the, the way mm-hmm. the calendar, calendar year falls. And with uh, the but, early signing period now, that changed the game because yeah. people are in December now. Yeah. 
Nicole, what was the most surprising thing you learned as um, you and Jay Sean went through the recruiting process? Um, just, you know, probably the fact that it was a business, like um, yeah. that was the, the most sobering fact of it all. It's a hundred percent of business. They really don't care. And, and that's the thing. As soon as you can separate the emotion from it and have that business mindset, you're better off because during the recruiting, they are schmoozing you and telling you everything you want to hear. When you go on visits, they're whining and dining. I mean, there's food at every stop. They're showing you every part of the city and the campus and it's a whirlwind. And if you can keep your head on straight and remember, like, these people don't care, <laughs> you know, I'm never going to hear from them again. They just want my kid and, you know, think clearly they're going to be better off. That's the, the most surprising part. Yeah, I think in life in general, the more you're aware of what's going on around you, the, the, better, the more uh, you can address challenges as they come up. If, if you had a, uh, an opportunity to go through the process again, uh, what's the one thing you would do differently? I wouldn't have got as emotionally involved as I did. And I probably would have pushed a little harder for the things I felt strongly about because I wanted to make sure the process was Jay Sean's because he worked for this. You know, I'm just there to be a buffer and kind of, you know, bump him in the right direction. So I really wanted him to make his own decision. I wanted him to handle, you know, all the calls with the coaches and managing all of that. I wanted him, you know, this was a maturation process for him, a coming of age. So I really wanted him to make his own decisions. And so I think I wish I would have pushed a little harder with some of the things I felt more strongly about, but I mean, obviously it all worked out perfect, but definitely that and like separating the emotion from it, because there was points where we felt bad telling coaches no and felt bad telling them we weren't interested. And I'm and now looking back, I'm like, how silly was that? Like, they don't care. They got 10 more people to call when they get off the phone, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, you learn. Nicole, the name of our company is Numbers Don't Lie. It's a common phrase in sports, and I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, can you tell us what the phrase Numbers Don't Lie means to you? Well, I mean, in the literal sense, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can, it, it comes down to numbers. And if, you know, uh, if a kid's producing numbers, it's going to, he's going to be found. And that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, numbers don't lie. <laughs> Another popular phrase is trust the, uh, trust the process. What does that phrase mean to you? Well, first of all, it's all a process. And when you start to look at everything as a process, you understand. And if you can be a witness to it and learn from it, like, you, like a lot of the kids say they turn their L's into lessons, 100%. It's not a loss if you learn from it. And, you know, everything is a process and you have to trust it because it's put there to teach you something. You know, I believe a lot and, you know, everything is perfect and everything happens for a reason. And we had to really stand on that when he was out, when my son was out for a year and, you know, he's never had a major injury. Now he's on crutches and he's asking people for help and kids are carrying his lunch tray and things like that. Like, trust the process. Maybe this is teaching you to be humble. Maybe this is teaching you to be, you know, teaching you humility or whatever that is. We're going to trust it <laughs> and, and learn from it. That's all you can do. Nicole, is Jay Sean on social media? He is. Okay. Where can our audience follow him? Um, he's Jay Sean, Jay Sean J on Instagram. He's um, Jay Sean Jones 06 on Twitter. Um, those are his two social medias. Okay. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well. We want, uh, we, we want everyone to be following him as you as well. So speaking of social media, Nicole, how can young athletes best utilize social media in the sports journey? Well, social media is your brand or is how you're going to convey your brand. You are your brand and what you do on social media conveys it to the public and to, uh, to the world. So when you start looking at yourself like a business product and, you know, part of a business and you start treating yourself like a brand, you start to realize like everything you put out 
is building a profile of who you are. So if you want to market yourself to schools or at some point the NFL, which by the way, they go back and search all your social medias for everything, like with a fine tooth comb. So if you want to, the best thing to do is start cleaning that up now and keep that in mind with everything you post and share everything you do, because that's your brand. What role did uh, highlight and skills videos play uh, for you and Jay Sean in the recruitment process? And I know he's a highly talented and, and a top touted um, athlete. So a lot of that stuff, it'll come to you and right. you're getting more exposure. Um, but for those that may not have those opportunities, what role do you think uh, highlight videos can help them out? I mean, th that's your primary recruiting tool and um, things like huddle where you're making your highlight tapes, things like numbers don't lie, making hi highlight tapes. Those things are going to be huge in your recruiting because that's the only thing you have to showcase yourself. And you want to pump that out on your social medias. You want to email that to all your coaches. You want to send it to everyone you can, because the more likes and more shares, the more um, clout you're getting on your name, especially like with the um, seven on seven teams, there's always uh, reporters that are there at the seven on sevens, like for 24 seven sports and things like that. They're going to take highlights from, you know, things. So you have a big plate, a seven on seven match that goes on their site that blows up. So, I mean, it's huge. I think, I think the highlight tapes, I mean, the highlight recordings and, and, and videos and stuff is huge in the recruiting process because, and, and in some cases, coaches can't get down to see you. Like maybe it's a school in California and you're in Florida and this is the only way that they're going to be able to get a look at you. And I think it's huge. Yeah. And, and one thing we're finding that to be a lot more um, uh, prevalent today with COVID-19 and, and now even more coaches can't get out. But what we also like to tell families that we're working with and athletes is your, your highlight video or your recruitment video is not why a coach is going to uh, recruit you or to, to sign you. You have mm -hmm. to put in the work, but it's just mm -hmm. another tool in your toolbox to maybe get your foot in the door to at least, you know, gain a little bit of attention and then they'll follow through with more in-depth looking at you and, and things of that nature. Absolutely. Okay, Nicole, we're down to our final rapid fire question. So let me know when you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. What's the best piece of leadership advice you've received? The best piece of leadership advice I received, and I can't remember who said it to me, but it's a simple quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you tell, show someone that you care about them, they will do anything you ask. They will run through a wall if they know you care. If you can choose someone other than Jay Sean, who's your favorite athlete and why? <laughs> um, I don't have a favorite athlete. I'm, I love an underdog. So like, I'm, I'm super happy for Joe Burrow, who's having a breakout game right now as we speak. I'm super happy for Lamar Jackson, who was, you know, nobody wanted him and his mom didn't even have an agent, you know, things like that. Like, I love a good underdog story. Yeah, uh, we do as well. I, I, I love that answer. That's a great answer. And I know, and we know, obviously, Jay Sean is your favorite athlete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who's your favorite coach or a leader in general and why? Hmm, well, um, a leader in general, I mean, I probably can't think of one specifically. I, I love all the greats. You know what I mean? Like a um, couple cool head coaches we met during the recruiting process. Uh, Lovey Smith was really cool. Mm -hmm. Earth, like big grandpa, teddy bear type guy. And I yeah. thought that was really cool. Um, Butch Jones, a lot of people don't like. I thought he was a heck of a coach when he was at Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I like the greats, obviously. But, you know, the, the, if you're going to be a good leader, everyone's not going to like you. So, I mean, that's part of it. Right. Okay, Nicole, where can people follow you and find out more about the blog uh, and everything you're doing and hopefully your future book? 
Um, single mom's guide to D one football recruiting.com is where you can find the blog single mom's guide to D one football recruiting on Facebook and at single mom's guide to D one football recruiting on Instagram. Okay. Very good. I want to thank you again um, for, for being on the podcast and we'll get this out soon. But uh, again, thank you very much. I'm glad to have you. Um, we're grateful that you participated and do, did a blog for us earlier. And hopefully uh, in the near future, maybe we can get Jay Sean on the podcast as well. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Nicole. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of highlighting the best of youth sports. Be sure and subscribe and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you or someone you know are interested in learning more about Numbers Don't Lie and what we do, what programs and services we offer for athletes, and how to get your athlete involved, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Until our next episode, go out and win the day and never miss your opportunity to be great. Thanks for listening to Highlighting the Best of You Sports.